Alrighty, so you're playing football with your friends one fine evening, and you're just about to juke the ginger snaps out of your friend, let's just call him Brock, when you slip on a patch of wet grass, and then you face plant directly into the mud. Everyone clusters around you and laughs at your predicament, but then Brock, very sweetly, tells you it's actually okay because you just diversified your microbiome. Why is microbiome diversity such a big deal? And, importantly, if it is such a big deal, how do you go about making it more diverse? We'll talk all about this and so much more on this episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria. I am Dr. K, your guide in this incredible journey, and on behalf of all of us, at SSB. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, so it turns out that just as last week was a landmark episode, since we had finally got the Instagram page up and running, this also is a landmark episode because of this Reddit post that I found. Click, click, click. Uh, so this Reddit post says, and I've not validated this, um, but I will, I choose to accept this this statement from this Reddit post. It says that 90% of podcasts do not get past episode three. of podcasts, and that of the 10% left, 90% of them quit after just 20 episodes. And guys, we are on episode 21 of Short Stories of Bacteria, so congratulations. We've officially made it to the top 1% of podcasts. Uh, Now, you may be thinking, Dr. K, what kind of gift can I get you to celebrate this momentous occasion? Well, the only gift I need from you is that is if it is your first time with us, be sure to hit that follow button on Spotify, uh, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Science with Doctor K. That is Science with Doctor underscore K for more science content. The only other thing that I can ask from you is just sit down, relax, and uh, listen to the upcoming episode. So we have spent a ton of time here on the podcast talking about the importance of a microbiome. And how important it is that we have a healthy microbiome uh, that better allows us to interface with our environment, right? And while we talked a lot about how important it is to have such a healthy microbiome, we haven't really talked much about the characteristics of a healthy microbiome, um, how we would uh, or what, how we would tell if a microbiome is healthy, right? So today, what we're going to do is we're going to spend a little bit of time unpacking what a healthy microbiome generally looks like, and then maybe we'll talk about ways that we can increase our microbiome health. Um, now, one of the ways that people talk about microbiome health is through this um, so-called microbiome diversity. It's really, really important that we have a lot of diversity in our microbiome. In fact, you'll run into some people like Brock, who we mentioned at the top of the episode, who will go through seemingly extreme situations in order to um, in order to increase the so in order to so-called diversify the microbiome. And I put that in the biggest of scare quotes. So, is what Brock doing correct? Does that make any sense? So. In order to answer that question, we need to have a little bit of a better understanding of what microbiome diversity means. And in order to understand that, we need to take a deep dive in just two different different concepts, species diversity and species richness, right? Because those are terms that can be very easily confused. Now, what do I mean? The best way to think about uh, species diversity and species richness is in in terms of an example. Okay, so let's envision a bunch of bacteria. They're living in a bacterial community. Um, The individual species and and where the species are, what they're doing doesn't really matter for this, but okay, let's just say they're 
let's just say they're marine bacteria and let's say they're living at the bottom of an underwater volcano. That sounds that sounds fun. Okay, so there's that bacterial colony. If we look closer at this marine colony that we just made up on the spot, we'll note that there are going to be a number of different types of bacteria present, right? Let's say in this colony there's 10 different species, okay? The amount of bacterial species that are present in a colony is referred to as the richness of the community. As you increase the amount of different species in the colony, you're increasing the overall richness of the community. But richness, the measurement of the amount of species in the community, is different from diversity. Okay, so let's return to the marine colony. Let's say you have one bacteria. Let's make up a name, uh, Bacterius aquaticus. That sounds good. Um, let's say we have one bacteria that develops some kind of really good weapon system that allows it to prey on the other nine species. Okay. It'll go about killing all those species and then just growing its own species, right? In fact, let's say that you could reduce all the other species to the point where there's just a handful of individuals left and Bacterius aquaticus is just dominating the community. What has happened to the richness in this community? And it turns out that the richness of the community hasn't changed at all since richness is just a measurement of the total amount of species that are present in any given community. Right? But that's, we'd say that there's a big difference between that community where Bacterius aquaticus is running the show and the other community where they're kind of in equal or similar amounts. Right, Species diversity represents that difference. Right, So species diversity is a measurement of both the richness and the abundance of bacterial species. So while the richness hasn't changed when, um, when Bacterius aquaticus takes over, the diversity of the population has dropped dramatically. Okay, so that's the primary difference between diversity and richness. Richness measures the amount of bacterial species, and diversity measures both the amount and the abundance of the bacterial species. And the question then becomes, does bacterial diversity and richness influence organismal health? Okay, and the answer to that, to our understanding, is a resounding yes. Increasing both the richness and the diversity of a microbiome is super, super important in order to have a strong and healthy microbiome. In fact, Having a decreased diversity in microbiome has been associated from any number of different diseases, ranging from obesity um, to IBS, even to depression. If you have a, um, if you decrease the richness and diversity, you can have an elevated risk of depression. And it's not just limited to humans either. It also plays a huge role um, in agriculture. There was this recent paper back in 2017 and then another one in 2022 um, that talked about how species diversity played this huge role in the success of plant life. And the latter of these two papers emphasized how these microbiomes were very, very tightly intertwined with things such as taking in nutrients or resisting external stressors, both of which are super important in order to have a thriving agriculture and have a thriving plant life, right? Now, the latter paper that I mentioned uh, just a second ago, it actually maybe unintentionally highlighted another really, really important point here, and that is that there is a limit to the benefits of species diversity, and it's a somewhat intuitive limit, and there's a window of species diversity that is most useful for individual organisms. Let's, let's give a real quick example. Let's say you have some really good species richness and diversity in your own microbiome. Huzzah. Good job. You have a great, a great richness and diversity. Now say you introduced a couple of pathogens like tuberculosis or Yersinia pestis. Uh, that would be the black death for the uninitiated. You've increased your richness and inevitably, assuming that the pathogen still works, your species diversity, but you certainly haven't increased your fitness, right? So there's a law of limiting returns associated with increasing your microbiome diversity. And there are certain types of bacteria, obviously, that would be more useful if they were included than your, in your 
overall species diversity than others. So now, at the risk of contracting some kind of pathogen, Brock probably shouldn't just keep eating handfuls of dirt, especially if he already has a pretty healthy and diverse microbiome. Um, but Dr. K, you say, it would seem then that the microbiome is like unto the philosophical golden mean referenced by Aristotle, and that there is a balance of species of diversity and species restriction that is optimal for human health, right? But let's say you have one more question. Is it possible to tell if I have a healthy microbiome right now? Okay, and this is actually where we run into some slightly bad news and actually some ways that we can learn from other, other cultures and other environments because a lot of people in industrialized countries, particularly in the West, often are on the low end when it comes to bacterial diversity and richness. So a paper came out just a, just a short time ago this past June. That's June of 2023 for those of you guys who do not know. Um, but it compared the diversity of microbiomes of folks from either California or a hunter-gatherer society in Tanzania. And the results they found were actually really, really interesting. So it turns out that the microbiomes of the hunter-gatherer populations were extraordinarily diverse and extremely healthy. They were clocking in an average of over 700 different species of microbes per person. And these gut microbiomes were much healthier than the average Californian, who unfortunately only had like 250 species in their gut, only about a third of the folks from the hunter-gatherer population. Now, what's more is that within a typical industrialized microbiome, right? So within a typical microbiome that's found in a person who um, is in an industrialized society, there's an interesting trend that we see. And that's the species that were found in these microbiomes oftentimes had genes that were involved with responding to oxidative stress. I'm gonna say that again. A lot of the bacterial species found in the microbiomes of people from industrialized countries have genes that are used to combat oxidative stress. Now, this is important because we can use this as a way of indicating to us what the status of our gut is. If we have a bunch of bacteria in our gut that are really good at dealing with oxidative stress, it could indicate that our guts are either A, having to routinely deal with oxidative stress, or B, that our bacteria are either helping us to deal with stress, or C, that, they, that our bacteria are having to deal with that stress themselves, or more likely just a combination of all these things. Now, Dr. K, you say that is very sad. Um, so what can I do to increase my microbial diversity? Well, one thing we can do is we can learn from the Tanzanian hunter-gatherer population in that we should get outside and be in nature more. There's an absurd amount of diversity of microbes with which we can interact all around the globe, in the dirt, in the grass, in the ocean, in lakes, all over. And in general, right, it's generally good to encourage diversity in our microbiomes, obviously without intentionally exposing ourselves to pathogens and everything. So obviously don't do anything stupid, like stick your hand into a pathogen layer, but be sure to go out and interact with nature more. But Dr. K, you say, I live in the middle of a city and I don't know what a tree is. So what about for me? So that is true. There are many folks who live in the city who don't readily have the ability to drop everything and jump face first into the mud like Brock did earlier, or I did, or whoever, whoever did earlier. What are some other things that you can do in an urban environment to increase your microbiome diversity? And there's actually a whole bunch of things that we can all do. One of the most important things you could do is get a pet, and all the pet lovers rejoiced. If you have a loving pet, i.e. a dog, um, especially if that pet is introduced at a young age, you can dramatically increase your microbiome diversity. 
right? And don't worry, cat lovers, cats increase microbiome diversity as well. So huzzah for that. In addition to getting a pet, it's also important to be working out consistently. If you're eating vegetables and fruits, that increases your microbiome diversity. It's also important to interact with other people and interact with their microbiomes. Just interacting with, uh, with society at large, interacting with your friends and family, right? Interacting with them increases species richness and diversity as well. So there's tons of things you can do to kick up species diversity or to maintain a higher diversity in your own microbiome wherever you are. Okay? So let us take it from the top. Number one, microbiome richness and diversity represents the number or the number and abundance of bacterial species, respectively. Number two, generally increasing microbiome richness and diversity is associated with increased health, but there are limits to this principle. Number three, hunter-gatherer populations in places like Tanzania have a much greater diversity than places in industrials, industrialized excuse me, countries, and this could be due to natural stressors that come with just like living in an industrialized society. Um, and finally, number four, to counteract the loss of species diversity, it's really important to be able to supplement our microbiomes with any number of behaviors that increase species diversity and strengthen the microbiome, but just, you know, just don't eat too many handfuls of dirt out there, but... Anyway, it's a really, really neat instance of the role that our environment plays in determining our microbiome um, and generally what we should be looking for in terms of a healthy microbiome as well. But in any event, guys, that is all I have for you all today. Next week, we shall, for the, for the time being, shut the book on the microbiome and get back to thumbing through the pages of specific microbes. There's actually a really, really cool yet dastardly microbial species that I want to talk with you all about, and I cannot wait to chat about it. But until then... Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in, and I hope to see you guys next week on another episode of Short Stories of Bacteria.